Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wartman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their zero to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond, and their biggest challenges during the first three phases of their journey in software. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io, which I co-founded after being in SaaS for nearly a decade. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you can think of us as you, as your outsourced CTO as we've got 20 years of development, entrepreneur, and business experience to help keep your project from ending up in the software graveyard. We specialize in software as a service, software startups. Contact us at onestop.io so we can spec out your project today. Today, I have Justin Burns, co-founder and CEO of Maestro, an online platform for coaches to host, host their coaching content. Justin is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and comes from a coaching and teaching background. Today, we're going to take a stroll down memory lane to explore Justin's zero to 30 journey to reach his software big break. How are you today, Justin? I'm great, how are you? Good, good. Excited to uh, talk about where you're at now with Maestro. Why don't you give us a quick uh, intro on who you are, what, um, who your customer is, and what problem you're solving? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been an entrepreneur for about 10 years full time. Can't believe it's going on 10 years. Yeah, now. I know. Um, and I didn't start as an entrepreneur. I have no entrepreneurial you know, family members None of those things. Um, it actually just came about uh, as I was working my last job. and um, Your first job? My, well, it wasn't my first job. It was okay. like my 10th job. <laughs> okay, okay. Because you didn't go to college, right? So what, I what, didn't go to college. So yeah, what you college. do, you came, you came out of high school, and then what you do? What, I mean, let's start from the beginning. It didn't have to be long, but let's just take me through like how you became. You went from no, you know, like high school to where you started your being an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I graduated, I barely graduated from high school. I was like the the kid that, you know, was you like having fun, right? Always. <laughs> I was having fun. Uh, you know, I really didn't have I really just didn't. You know how some people say, like, I want to be an, an astronaut when you're a kid or, yeah. you know, when you get out of college, at least you have some idea, even if you don't use the damn degree. Right. You get out yeah. of college and you're like, I want to do this. Like literally. Yeah. For most of my life, I didn't really, I wasn't really good at anything and I wasn't good at numbers. I wasn't good at uh, tech. I wasn't good at, you know, anything. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to college because I don't know what the hell I want to do in my life. So yeah. I started working these after I got out of high school. Um, I always tell people I didn't feel like I was good enough to go to college. Right. right. Um, so I just kind of start getting the workforce. I hopped around from job to job. I worked at uh, Best Buy for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so you're like on the floor or something. Yeah. Well, I yeah. start. I didn't have any experience because I didn't yeah. have a college degree. So I started off as a cashier okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and counting money. Um, 
And then I noticed something interesting is that um, when my bosses noticed it, I just picked it up later, is that uh, we had to sell these little magazine subscriptions, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, all right, well, I'm really bad at sales. So I don't know how I'm going to sell these damn things. And so, so I don't know. I just started to really like note. It's like this thing started to pick up. Like most of my life I was, you know, just, just had this bad luck. And then I started to really notice, like I was really good at talking to people and persuading. what sales is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was sales at the time though. Right. I didn't even know what the hell that was. I was like, yeah. So, you know, lady would come in, I would notice her energy notice and like everything. And I just started, you know, asking her about her day and, you know, asking all these questions and then they would just buy these subscriptions. And then from the moment of that is when they were just like, Hey, you have the highest magazine sales in the district what the hell are you doing? Really? Huh. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I'm just asking them about their day. I'm just <laughs> yeah. caring about them. I'm just asking yeah. them about work. Which is natural to you, right? It sounds like it's natural to you. Yeah, it was natural. It was yeah. natural at that time, right? It was yeah. really natural. And so, um, but I was a huge introvert. So I didn't really know where the hell it was coming from. When I got off of work, I went home and just stayed to myself. So it was a really yeah. interesting dynamic okay. that was added. And so then... Um, one of my floor managers noticed it and was like, Hey man, um, you know, you're really good at talking to people. You should come to the sales floor. Um, and so I was like, well, what would I do? And he's like, well, come work in home theater, which is like selling all this crazy subwoofers and, you know, that are expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really expensive. And I said, well, it's better than me counting cash. Cause that was one thing I hated at that job is counting cash at the end of the night. So I got promoted. But I realized they didn't pay commission. I wish I'd have knew that now, but they didn't yeah. pay commission. But my hourly went up. And so I was doing that for a little bit, but I had to really make some ends meet. Um, and I really couldn't make any money. So I, from there, um, I jumped, I, I literally left that, jumped to the next job, left that, jumped to the next job. Was it in sales or you stayed in sales though? No, because at the time I didn't realize that that was what I was really good at. Right? Oh, okay, I mean, it was okay. a it it didn't click. I mean, I was like okay. nineteen twenty, right? So yeah, yeah. It just didn't click yet. Um, and so I started hopping around from job to job. I was probably on job number seven when I met this guy one day, and he said, "Listen, I want you to come work for me at a cell phone company, and you get commission too." And I mm-hmm. said, "All right, cool." So. Yeah. You know, I start that job and he brings me on the sales floor and he says, how old are you? And at the time I was like 21 and he's like, I think I was 20. He's like, listen, I want you to understand something really, really big. I want you to know that there's a difference between somebody that's proactive and reactive. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned in my life. He said, when you have problems, you solve them. And I want you to look at this sales floor. 90% of these salespeople don't make any money. 90% 90% of these people are lazy. They're order takers. Right? Yeah. And he wasn't trying to down them. He was just honestly speaking the truth about like how people show up, how mm-hmm. people show up in life, how they show up in a way of being consistent. Mm-hmm. And so that was the biggest lesson for me. That was the thing that changed my life. Did, so he, notice, like, did he notice that about you that you were proactive or, or this is like the first day and he said, you, you know, there's a difference between, a good salesperson 
uh, the way I want you to be, I want you to be proactive or to be reactive. No, he was just teaching me, but he said like, he said there's something in you. I just don't know okay. what it is yet. Cause okay. you're, you know, you're a lump of clay. So yeah. I, you know, if you want me to, I'm going to mentor you. And at the time, like, I didn't know what a mentor was. I didn't yeah. know what the heck that even meant. I was like, all right, yeah. he's going to teach me, I guess. Oh, so, yeah. really naive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so I started working there and I started to really like, just like when I sold the magazines, I started to notice the difference. And the difference was talking to people and asking them questions and relating their, your solution to the problem and focusing on the problems. And so that was the first success that I had ever had in my life and career. And so fast forward about three months later, I became the number one salesman in that organization. Um, and I was like in my early twenties, no college degree. And I was making six figures and it just completely. How many, how many salespeople there? I mean, I uh, it was around, out of the whole company, it was around, I think, like a thousand sales. Wow, it's a lot. It was a really big cell phone. Yeah, it was a big great. cell phone provider. So we yeah. sold different types of solutions, all those different things. And so for about three years, I was the number one salesman. So wow, that's impressive. Um, yeah. So, um, but the but the company started to shift their culture, and so about four or five months before that, I met this guy who was in into the internet. Mm -hmm. And again, I have no background in tech, no college experience, nothing. And he said, uh, he's like, have you ever thought about starting your own business? And I was like, starting my own business? What yeah, does that what mean? Would they do? do? Yeah. What do you, what would you do? Like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, yeah, man. And, and, and literally, um, my friend Brad, and we're still friends till this day. That was about 12 years ago. He said, I want you to come to this training with me. It's all on the internet on how to sell products over the internet. You could, and I was like, what? This sounds like a drug deal. Like, what is, yeah, what do yeah. you mean? So shady. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Yeah. And so anyway, he, he started to teach me all these different things. Uh, and I went to the seminar and then there was an opportunity for me because I was so good at sales that the other cell phone provider made me an offer because they heard about what I was doing at the last company. And so I was at this crossroad, as I like to say. Yeah. And the crossroad was, my friend said, listen, come out to Cal." I was in Chicago at the time. Uh, that's where I'm from. And he mm -hmm. said, come out to California and, um, you know, start this, start this social media company. Nobody knew what the hell social media was at the time. He's like, come out to California uh, and start this company with me. I was like, well, how much should I be paid? Like, you know, because I was just thinking not yeah, as yeah. I was like, what's yeah, the salary? You think it's six, six figures, you think. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What, what's the yeah. salary? He's like, nothing. Yeah, it's like yeah. zero zilch. We're a startup. We can't pay you. Yeah, but uh, I'll give you a piece of the upside, a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, well, I don't even know what the piece of the pie is. I don't know what it means to own a company. It just sounds really good. It sounds really great. Mm. So um, we ended up, uh, you know, I told my mom they freaked out because they're traditional workers. Right. Yeah. And so I said, look, I'm making this decision. And I flew out there and struggled for about two years. Uh, we made no money for about mm -hmm. two years, but I just believed in it. I believed yeah. in my dream. I believed in like that. It was like something is going to come of this, like something's going to come of this. And then we had a breaking point where we started to sign companies to our social media packages. We started selling programs over the internet. Um, and I really got a, a taste of what it felt like. Yeah. So, 
that was something that was uh, different. And so trans- transitioning to um, starting software, because I know it's like, it's probably gonna be your next question. Like, how the heck did you get into software? Yeah, really. So, so, so kind of fast forward me to, to Maestro. You start, this sounds like it was about 10, like sort of 10 years ago. Is that right? That you yeah, started yeah. this thing with Brad. Okay. So, yeah. so um, since we're really uh, interested in more in Maestro, how did you, what happened right before Maestro and how did you just like, tell me about how you came up with the idea and uh, how you knew it was a problem. Yeah. So um, actually I started, I started in software with uh, a friend, uh, it was a client of mine who had a software company. Yeah. And so um, basically I just, I love the industry. I, I, I felt like I found. SAS, you're talking about SAS founders. Yeah, SAS. Yeah. I, I just, okay. I started to take a love for it. Yeah. And so um, he agreed to help me in developing my first application. So, um, which was a software as a service product. And I saw a big problem in the, the copywriting space. So I developed that and we launched it and we did 2000 sales with that. And I had been in the industry for about, you know, seven, eight years or so with coaches, uh, speakers, authors, and just really business owners who want to sell their knowledge and expertise online. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of issues and how a lot of software was making things complicated. And so we just kind of just, you know, um, I ended up selling the last startup, which was really awesome. But I wish I could tell you that we had a you know, we had a, a NASDAQ payday, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was still a learning experience to like say, hey, I sold this company with 2,000 customers on it. And so See, I 2,000 customers, okay, that's pretty good. You mind yeah, telling yeah. me what, what you sold it for? Um, we did six figures. It was like okay. mid six yeah. figures. So okay. it, was, it wasn't a, you know. It's enough to keep you, you know, like maybe for a year or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, While you found your next thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out the next thing. And then I was like, you know, I want to do because that application didn't do didn't have a lot of moving parts. Um, and so I wanted to do something that I could build for years. I wanted to have one focus, one center focus. Um, and then I was just one day searching and then my friend was on the phone and he's like, you know, I was like, dude, I'm trying to figure out what to call this course app because I'm going to build this course software online. And then he's like, oh, so you're trying to become the maestro. And I was like, wait, say that again? Yeah. (laughs) And he said, you're trying to become the maestro. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I got to call you back. So like, (laughs) I don't know why, but like, it just hit me when he said maestro. So I started to search and search and search. And I was like, I need to call maestro. But I realized that maestro.com was going to sell for millions of dollars. So I rebranded uh, Maestro, which still means leader. Yeah, and yeah. so that's when Maestro was born. So we started it. We, uh, the, the, I bought on the team that um, essentially uh, have, had developed the last software. So it was a pretty, it wasn't a smooth transition, mm-hmm. but it was still like, I didn't have to go out and find new developers because I was really comfortable with my current team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have to find uh, new UI guys and UX and all those different things. And so, yeah, we, we took about a, it took a little bit. Uh, I was being, I'll be honest, I, I was being a perfectionist with the first version so it took me about a year. And because I had just sold for six figures and I really live a minimalistic lifestyle, I was like, all right, well, I could do this. I could develop this for a year or two. I'll commit to it. And then I'm yeah. like, all right, that was a really bad idea. So we launched and, and, and got our first set of customers about a year and a half later. 
a year and a half. Okay, so you, so you, um, it was about a year long development. Um, and how much do you remember? Do you remember how much you spent on the MVP? Yeah, so the first version we probably spent roughly around sixty k. That's a lot of money. I mean, you know, if you, you on your um, you were comfortable with that though, right? You wanted to you 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 had faith in your vision because this is yeah, all it, this is all your money, right? It's out of pocket. Yeah, yeah, we didn't raise any funds initially, um, and it was yeah, it was sixty thousand out of my pocket, but. I was I was mainly funding it from not just the sale, but I was also funding it from I was still selling digital products. Okay, so, so it was kind of cash flow, using the cash flow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just believing believing in the vision, believing in something way, way bigger. It wasn't just about making money. It was like I okay. want to build a real company. I want to hire people. I wanna yeah. uh, you know, make a difference. I wanna do something. I know that sounds cliche, but at the time it was just all about income. Right. No, no, isn't there, wasn't there some other platforms out there? I mean, what was the problem? What was the specific problem that you were solving? Like what, uh, I like the fact that you, that you niche down to coaches. Um, but what, like what was happening in the space at that time? At this time we were like talking to three years ago though, right? Yeah, this was about three okay. years ago. We started this. And what was at happening? The, like what was going on with like Thinkific and whatever Teachable? And I guess those aren't really for coaches, but why couldn't coaches use that, use those platforms? So I'm going to, I'm going to say something that's probably not that popular, right? Of yeah. advice. And it's this, is that I think we get caught up on uh, unconsciously thinking that we have to be so different. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes you do have to, if you're, if you're in a really crowded market, then you sometimes have to be different. But the biggest thing is, um, when you think about, when you think about like, there's so many markets out there who haven't heard of, like, let's, let's take some of my competitors. I'm not going to name them off, but there's people out there who haven't heard of my competitors, right? There's markets out there that are not, you know, involved and they don't know who my competitors are. I'll never forget one of my best friends. Um, he actually owns a media buying company where he buys, you know, massive amounts of media like Facebook ads, YouTube ads. I mean, just anytime media. And he told me this one day and I was because I was coming to him and I said, dude, my show doesn't really do a lot of different than the other companies. And he's like, yeah, because you haven't found your market. He's like, there's two separate things. You can be different, totally different as a product and innovate and do all this other stuff, or you could just try to solve one core problem in your product instead of trying to be so different and then attach that to a specific market. So for us, we decided to go after specifically coaches and be the platform specifically for coaches and really solve that problem. And I already kind of in my mind knew like, you know, the times that was going to happen. I don't know why, but I, I've always had this visionary thinking where it's like education is only going to get bigger. People are going to need to sell their knowledge and expertise or even businesses. They're going to need to educate their customers with a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that more was, more that was kind of go remote doing it too. Right. Go. Cause that's what you're really about remote. So yeah, business yeah. must be good for you right now. I imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Business is definitely okay. up. Uh, right. Our our trials have tripled in the past, like okay, week. Matt. That, really? Um, okay. Yeah. So so that's good. Uh, any of our listeners were recording this now? What April fifteenth? So we're like deep, deep, deep in the coronavirus stuff yeah. going on right now. Yeah. 
Um, all right, cool. So, so tell me about the launch. Um, you, you launched and you have a pretty good platform. Um, how did you get your first customers? Did you, were you building, were you kind of building a list saying kind of preparing for them or walk me through, um, your launch? I know you use affiliates, but, um, you know, how did you get your first, like get, take me zero to 5,000. Yeah. So, so the first thing is like, there's all these different ways to promote. So we were just like, you know, we had experience. Um, we we kind of laid it out. It's like everybody was talking about doing content marketing and all this other stuff. And I said, look, you know, the way that I've had success in the past is just focusing on one core traffic source. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of laid, laid them all out. And I decided, I said, well, I've had a lot of success with affiliates. I've had a lot of success with going to people, knowing how to reach out to them and essentially doing that. And because we had spent so much money on this, this product, right. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot left for, for marketing. Like, so yeah. we couldn't burn the ships with like paid ads and it didn't work. It would have. Yeah. Yeah. So what I decided to do was just kind of go back to my roots of affiliate marketing. And so what I did was is I reached out because I had already built relationships with affiliates uh, from the previous program that I had. Um, I reached out and said, Hey, I got they were this. all in the coaching space that these, yeah, products. they were all okay. in the coaching space okay. and, and we still, we found new people as well. Okay. Um, we just kind of knew how to do it. We would either go to trainings and where, where our affiliates were, we would find out different affiliate events that were happening. Um, we would go there and we would just really do a hell of a lot of working, like networking with people who had our ideal customers. Right. And so we did a couple, we did, we did a couple promotions that didn't really pan out. And then we had a connection with a huge influencer in the space. Um, and, and this is, this is probably, and, and I want you guys to, this would be, this would be really beneficial for your listeners too is that you're always going to meet if you, if you decide to go down like the, say like the affiliate route, like the biggest differentiator is the, in, in certain markets, there's always a master connector. There's always what I like to call a master connector, meaning this person, everybody knows this person is well connected in the industry. This person, everybody likes. Mm -hmm. And so for us, um, I ended up speaking at an event, right? Because I was really trying to do all this. I mean, I was trying to do different things, but I decided just to start speaking as well. Mm -hmm. And he spoke next and I found out he was the connector. And what happened is we did a promotion with him and literally we did a webinar. Mm -hmm. um, and Can I you tell decided, me who that was? Uh, his name is, his, I don't know if he wants to be on, but his name is Travis. Right. Okay, Travis. Okay. Just, we'll just leave it, Travis. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Why did you put me on a podcast?" Everybody's reaching out to me <laughs> to promote my product. Uh, yeah. To promote their product. So, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Is he from um, LA? Huh? He from LA? No, 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 no. no. Travis, okay, okay. I know Travis another Travis from LA. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he lives in DC. So, um, we became really good friends, and I didn't want anything from him. I didn't. I didn't ask him for a promotion. Literally, mm -hmm. just was finding out how can I help him. How yeah. can I help you? you like can I, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so that's the mistake that people make. They go right in and start talking about them and their product. And I was just like, Hey man, I just want to see how I can help you. Maybe I could promote you to someone. So I made a connection that he really, really needed for a processor because he was having issues with processor and doing that. He was like, dude, I just want to promote your product. 
Really? So he okay. got, yeah, good. so he, we did a webinar. It was around 700 people on this webinar. And we ended up doing, literally adding about 150 customers just from this one webinar. And probably, this is the first like sort of month? This, how this was, no, this was, this probably around month three or four. Okay, but you're like probably like what, a thousand MRR at that point? Yeah, I was no, I was probably like seven hundred dollars MR. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. So you're like basically, yeah. so so you so you signed up one hundred fifty, and yeah. what what's what was the average package then? Uh, it was around ninety nine a month, ninety nine dollars okay. a month. So so that's pretty good. You went you went zero to uh, what, what's that put that was that puts you up at fifteen then? Yeah, we were roughly around doing well. It's a little bit over ten k MRR. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. So um, after that, you were like, okay, whoa, this is what I need to do. So I needed to find affiliates. Is, is that became your main channel, Mark? Yeah, so we just channel. kind of, yeah, it was more like, how can we find more influencers? Because that was kind of like the biggest piece for us is constantly doing that. And I and also want to add this stat because I don't want to make it seem like we did 100, 100, you know, I mean, 100 um signups and then all of them stayed, right? So we probably had a really, um, we probably had around 60 to 70% of people stuck stuck with us after okay. their 14 day trial. Uh -huh. um, so we were really focused on more like, like that's when I even first uh, heard the term churn and yeah. I was like, churn, what the hell is that? And yeah, then, yeah. And then I had to start, you know, studying that and realizing, oh, if customers don't like the app, they cancel. What the hell, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I literally, I was literally building a. Sh I was literally, I've always been this way. Uh, yeah. Which is, build the ship and then wow. figure this stuff out later. That's why yeah. I'd like to just take fast action on things. And so yeah, um, yeah, we just we just kept going. I realized I was tweaking the process. Realized we needed to fix our onboarding. For our customers and mm -hmm. fix certain things in the app. Well, that must have been a mad week uh, trying to onboard 150 new, new customers. That must have been a that must have been yeah. A I, we weren't that. really expecting it. We thought yeah. like it was like it was like oh we're gonna get around 15 20 people. So yeah. at the time it was a really small team. It was only like we only had like four people. It was like yeah, two developers, me and my customer service person. So yeah. it was like I was like listen. When they come in, we're going to hit them. And then it's like 100 people came in. It's like, oh, my God, we were freaking yeah. out. Uh, but we adjusted pretty well. Yeah. So, okay, so you're at 10,000 10, MRR. And what, where, where are we now? We're like still three years ago then? We're still sort of three years ago? Yeah, that was about, that was, that was about two and a half. Yeah, that was a, no, no, no. That was, so we started the company three years ago, but we didn't launch. Oh, for a year. That's really right. Like about a year and a half ago. Okay. Okay. So walk me 10,000 to 30,000. What was the, what was the, the growth like? What cha challenges did you come up with and what marketing strategies were you mostly using? Yeah. So 10 to 30 K MRR really was, it felt like the hardest <laughs> uh, because we just thought, you know, Hey, we're going to promote, but yeah. uh you know, we were, we were doing like five or six webinars a week at that point. Um, some of them were affiliate webinars. Them. Yeah. Affiliate webinars. Okay. We had, we had really kind of got a formula for reaching out to uh, people and, and we st start to think outside the box too, a little bit. We started to think about, okay, instead of going in this space, how about we go in this space because they have our ideal customer on their list. Right. So, so different coaching spaces. 
Yeah, no, different, okay. different. So, at the time, we weren't really specific for coaching for coaches. Oh, okay. okay, we were every, we were pretty much everyone at the time. So we were going into anybody that could sell a course space, like anybody who coaches, authors, speakers, trainers, okay, even business owners. So uh, we we had got this webinar formula down uh, at first. We made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. We were just showing the app application initially, and it was like. Boring, yeah. uh, Super boring, right? So then we switched it up. We did a whole presentation on teaching people their biggest issues around course creation. And um, that worked really, really well. Then we offered a free trial at the end. Um, That was was essentially the, the key. And so the challenge really was we weren't really, we were more focused on the software than we were on talking to customers. Uh-huh. And that was just really the biggest mistake that I made. Um, I wish if I could go back and wave a magic wand, I would say I wish I would have talked to more of my customers on a weekly basis more often. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't realize, I didn't know things like product market fit. You know, when you're able to reach product market fit, then the next challenge really becomes you just need to get more customers because once you reach product market fit, it's like you can scale to the moon. You can grow your business to the moon. Okay, and so, so I want to I want to break down break that down a bit though. Do you wish that in in your original sort of two hundred customers, you wish that you had, had found out that they were there? Say maybe sixty percent of them were coaches, or what do you mean exactly by that? Because what how would that have helped you? Yeah. I, you know, again, I just like I think sometimes in in this in the SaaS space, um, it's very easy to just get caught up in building the product, right? Yeah. And and wanting to just build the program, but like the best thing that you can do, and it'll save you a lot of you know a lot of money, a lot of headaches, a lot of frustration, is talking to customers. Like, you know, we we especially as founders. Um, even if you get to, you know, millions and millions of dollars, whatever your goals are, like you should still be talking to customers and finding out what they truly, truly want. And so that was the biggest mistake I made is for a year. I didn't talk to any customers. I just was develop, 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 you know, design, develop, 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 develop. And I wish I would have just even took time to talk to some of my ideal customers. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of SaaS owners don't make that, and especially the ones that end up, you know, struggling in the beginning. They especially never did that. They probably come from a development background, and they just built something because they thought it was a good idea. You know, it was their idea, though. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so how did you um, how did you break out then from uh, ten ten to thirty? You said it was a struggle, but what was there any kind of big um, lessons that you learned or, or what, the, what was the sort of the breaking point for you? Yeah. So the breaking point for me was really like number one is fixing, like fixing the leaky bucket, as I like to say. Right. So fixing the leaky bucket is like, you don't want to put you like, like I said, most most SaaS founders that I talk to and mentor, they go and 
they just try to develop, upload it, and then try to promote it on Product Hunt and all those different things. And those yeah. are great. Um, but I wish somebody would have told me as a SaaS founder was to take a step back for a second. Talk to your customers. Make sure you're, you're constantly having product market fit. Number one, we just talked about that. Number two is fix the leaky bucket. Go in and make sure that your, you know, that your onboarding is, 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 is just amazing, right, yeah. for your customers. And figure out those key components that they need to do to co- consistently keep using your application. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that I would have done that uh, yeah. earlier, right? Um, making sure that you're constantly supporting your customers, even trying to like for me for the longest, you know, now we have an education director who does all our webinars, but you know, back in the day, it was just me every single week I would do these webinars. So that's number two. And then number three is like, focus on really like, don't try to do too many things at one time. Like for us, after we had this level of success with one channel, I went out there and tried to do 50 channels at one time. Like, all right, cool. I'm going to be on podcast shows. I'm going to, I'm going to go speak all over the world. And literally like, that was the most terrible idea I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so it was the affiliates that kind of was the one that really, you really originally gained traction from. Was that what sort of you stuck with? And is that what kind of pulled you out, um, out of that uh, plateau that you had? Yeah, so we focused on really like three channels, right? So the first channel being we we focused we decided to focus on three channel with giving like um, Pareto's law, right? Like eighty twenty, mm-hmm. right? With giving eighty percent of our time to one channel and twenty percent of our time to the others, right? Yeah. And so eighty percent of our time went to uh, doing affiliate deals with people. Um, making sure that we can focus on their customers and doing these weekly webinars with them, showing their customers the app, because we just felt like if people see the application, we're able to teach something of value of what they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And then if we're able to, at the same time, um, take a step back and then offer the trial last, mm-hmm. you know, we were seeing at least around the 30 to 50% um, trial rate. So That's it was, good. You mean conversion on the webinar? Conversion on the webinar, yeah. That's pretty good. That's really good. We stuck there. But also, um, over the years, and and this is another um, tip because, you know, this is something that helped me. Over the years, I was really developing my speaking speaking ability. Um, Mm. You know, I was really terrible. I had a lot of social anxiety. Like, I was really terrible at speaking. Um, So, I would just, I got really obsessed with mastering the art of, like, um, keynote, being just, a keynote speaker. Yeah, just being a keynote speaker. And I went to Toastmasters and I did all these different things. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started taking trainings on speaking. I started, you know, I was like, I would start asking all my buddies who I had built relationships with, like, hey, just throw me on the stage. I was like, I'm probably going to be really fucking terrible up front. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> just let yeah. me get out there and just get through the uncomfortability. They're like, all right, cool. Yeah. So I spoke at like three events. Of course, I was really terrible. But I think that helped in the sense of there was one opportunity I had gotten um, to speak at an event. I decided to do it. And mm-hmm. um, the lady was like, well, we can either pay you. The, it was about a, 700 people in the crowd. She said, you can either, um, we could pay you this fee, which wasn't a lot. Or if you want, you could sell your, you could sell a trial of your software. And I was like, 
Ooh, I was like, I could test this webinar formula on yeah, a speaking on crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I was like, all right, cool. So we went to the event and I ended up negotiating where um like like I don't know how I did it, but I negotiated where she would also mention our company in the middle of the presentation as well herself. I was like, okay. all right, cool. So we I did that presentation and we had half the room sign up. Um and 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 I realized that a lot of this contributed to uh, me just finding those customers and realizing like we had I think that time we had like probably around two hundred trials or something like that sign up from from that okay. Where from that one event from that one out, event out of yeah. the seven hundred you got two hundred to sign up that's pretty damn good yeah yeah it was yeah. like thirty percent something like that yeah, yeah that's really good yeah we had we had everybody. Um, at the time we didn't really you know because i wasn't i wasn't speaking at events i didn't know what the hell i was doing yeah but i was like everybody take out your phone right now and go to this page and i mean yeah oh you did we had people fill out out a paper application okay (laughs) man you were really experimenting we were we were really (laughs) experimenting yeah yeah yeah. that's good that's good man you got to do this stuff on the fly um we're getting close to the top of our, but I got to ask, how do you approach affiliates? What's been the most effective uh, way for you to approach affiliate? Like walk me through your sort of your outreach program. Yeah. So right now what we do is, again, we try to identify that master connector and, okay. and reach out to them and, and, and really try to see what they're struggling with. But the formula is, 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 is not, super simple, but it, it, it's like, I'll give you the framework. Yeah. The framework is, you know, we reach out to people, we, we either like email or we, we try to get okay. connected because when all you need is really a couple of affiliates or a couple of joint venture partners. And then from there you can ask them, Hey, who uh, do you know that could benefit okay. from this product? Okay. Do you keep right? running them then? So you'd like run a deal with them every quarter or something like, is that how it works? No. So what we do is we give a lot of our affiliates 30% lifetime commissions, okay. uh, which is very appealing, right? <clears throat> right. Um, so we give them 30% Is that the standard? Lifetime. Do you know? That sounds a little high uh, for SAS. Um, no, that's, that's, that's actually that's, that's, kind that's of... Okay. That's, okay. that's, I wouldn't, I don't know what the standard is. I just know that other companies do around 30%. Like okay. some of the major companies. Okay, but, so you go out, so, so kind of like you go out, you focus on say three, but it's not like just an email saying, Hey, I want to be, it's more like, I, I, you more like an intro conversation to get to know them. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's like, we'll do an outreach email and we'll say, um, like, hey, uh, just just kind of focusing on them first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, you know, hey, George, listen, um, love your show, man. You know, uh, checked out your show, episode number 30, mm-hmm. uh, when you were talking to this other founder about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just loved it, man. Listen. Yeah. Um, and then I go into, I wanted to see how I could serve you. Maybe it's getting people on your podcast show. What can I do to help you out? Um, but also my selfish ask, cause you have to be honest as well. Yeah. My selfish ask is I wanted to see what there's a way that we can connect because I think that your audience can really benefit from what we have to offer. Okay. Um, 
So that that's kind of like the formulas. Like, first, you would at that first initial email, you're not saying like, yeah, we've got commissions of thirty percent. There's nothing in there. No, 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 no. no. It, it's just more so. Hey, how how can we connect to serve you and yeah. see how we can help you in any way? Right. Okay. That's kind of like the that that was the that was essentially the 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 catalyst. Okay. Um, but and then for a while you don't have to constantly reach out for a while you can once you get one get referrals, yeah. they love your product and yeah. they love what you have to offer they're going to say oh you should connect with the other influencer okay hey let me connect you guys so for a while um we had a run where we were just literally for about three months we were just booked from just simply after we did the webinar and they loved it yeah they were connecting us with other people okay okay that's great so um Quickly wrapping up now, you're at 50,000 MRR now, right? Um, and how's it been, how's it been from, from like sort of 30,000 after that, after that stage event, you kind of took another leap. How has it been um, this last sort of thing in your, in your growth? Naturally now people are going remote, so you're having a little spurt now, but are you still going for, obviously you're not doing the, the keynotes um, speak uh, events anymore, but was that your your affiliates and keynote speaking was your sort of two marketing um, channels that were working for you? Yeah. So one of the things we're doing right now is we're in the midst of a, a, a transformation. So this is actually a perfect transition to that because for the past nine months, um, nine months ago, I got really obsessed with user experience. Okay. Right. Um, uh, of UX. Of yeah. The design and, how easy your application. I realized that our application was a little bit difficult to use okay. um, in a sense. And, and I didn't really think through the UX, the user experience. Um, there's a great book that really transformed what we, what we, what did. is it? It was called uh, lean UX. Okay. Lean um, UX. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Um, yeah. Lean UX. Actually, it's so funny. The book is right here. It's like, it's like my, it's like my software Bible. Jeff, um, Jeff Gothel. Jeff, yeah, okay. Jeff got um, Okay. Like, like this is really, this is just have been um, really a, a intricate piece of, of what we've been doing, which is applying user experience, UX principles. And so what we've done for the past nine months is really like rebuilt our application. We rebuilt, which it was terrible. Just front end or are you doing back end stuff? Is it total like a refactor? Uh, it's a refactor, but okay. essentially, um, we've, we've re we redeveloped some of the back end too, okay. uh, just to make it faster, just to do okay. that. But we mainly focused on the What's front the stack? end change. Um, our current stack is react, um, on the front end. uh, yeah, on the front end react. Uh, and we just use, you know, Laravel, um, okay. PHP, yeah. you know, Laravel, okay. Laravel, PHP. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's what the original stack was too. You just sort of just redid it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Justin, for your time. Uh, I want to make sure you can get off to your next call. Um, wh where can people uh, find you? Where, where's the best place? To, if anyone, uh, you mentors that you mentioned, eh? Not that I want to flood you with a bunch of mentees, but um, if people want to reach <laughs> out to you. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, our our our, our software pro, uh, 
uh, website is maestro, M-I-E-S-T-R-O.com. Yeah. Um, and if you guys want to reach out, you know, nowadays, you know, you used to say your website. Well, I can still say my website is justinburns.net. Yeah. Uh, but everybody Instagram, right? So if you guys okay. want to. Instagram, you know, okay. Well, a lot of people uh, are saying Twitter, believe it or not. A lot of sass. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. so I'm so bad at Twitter. I'm so um, bad, too. It took it even took me a while to get to Instagram, man. So don't, <laughs> yeah, I only got like five hundred followers. Now, I, I, felt, I felt really good being on Instagram now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally for about five. My team has a joke. They they make fun of me all the time. They're like, yeah, all you do is Facebook. Like nobody, yeah. man. You're old. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook yeah, is getting, old. You're getting old, yeah. dude. I'm like, all right. Well, what's the new stuff? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, now it's better. like TikTok though, or something. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like TikTok. I mean, so listen, we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it simple. Instagram me yeah. at the Justin Burns. Um, so it's just okay. The Justin Burns. Cool. The Justin Burns. Okay, perfect. All right, thanks so much again for your time, Justin. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <music>